You know, when people in government or people in African religion, where there's also been revival, but they've combined some of this, they've hung on because it brings a security to, to hang on to old mentality and old ways of doing things. So it's one thing to go and slaughter a goat to the ancestors on Friday afternoon. Hello? And to pray for your ancestors' blessing on your life and slaughter the goat. And then have the witch doctors come and throw their bones on the floor to predict the future. Yeah? And then on Sunday, be in church and invited on the stage and say, glory to God. And the Indian church are just getting so tired of this religious stronghold that, that has gripped them for, for the best part of, of, half a, of a half a century. We shouldn't take lightly the wonderful gospel of truth, the gospel of grace. When we correctly divide the covenants, when we focus on the finished work of the cross, and when we understand the Father heart of God, let me tell you, the least of us in this church has a message that they could go, and if we didn't learn anything more than what we know right now, we would know more than the average pastor in those countries I've just mentioned. And that's not a boast or a bowl. That's, that's just, I'm, I'm not preaching now, I'm just telling the truth. You speak to the guys. You see how desperate they are. The least of us. If we just took, when I say least, I mean the, the youngest Christian. Just took what we knew right now. If you've been a Christian here in this church for three years and had, the, had enough word into you, you could take that and you could go and change communities in the kingdom of God. You could change towns. You could change cities. You could have a Christmas service with 2,000 people coming, hungry, desperate. And this was Paul's indignation. Was this Judaistic, this past thing is trying to always come and sneak in and it comes in the pretense of very sounding very religious and very, you know, oh, the Lord has said and the Lord has said. And I tell you what, if it brings condemnation, if it brings shame, if it brings guilt, we're standing against it in this church. Now, I'm not talking about people who've never submitted to the Lordship of Christ. I'm not talking about people who haven't been truly regenerated. No, no. Repent and accept the good news. Amen? Some people are looking at me like a cow stares at a gate on a rainy day. <laughs> I better get to the Bible quickly. I'm getting nervous up here. Amen. Still love me. We don't want to fall into the camp of foolish Galatians ever again. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, tried to raffle it. Didn't work. Man, I want to stay free. It's a wonderful message, you know. You share it with people and the lights come on. I tell you, when I told you I sat with that group of district guys, they, they, they were so excited, they were so positive, I thought it can't be because I've, I know there's been so much negativity. How can this be? No, something's wrong. This is too good to be true. So I'm going to give them some real curveballs myself. I'm going to ask the questions that I thought they would ask because I want to answer those questions. So I asked the question and then I was so glad I asked the question because I could answer it and we got discussion going and lights were coming on. Amen. Are we going to take up the offering this morning? Take your offering in your hand or your collection or your internet transfer.
and say, thank you for the gospel. No, we're going to say this together now. Thank you for the gospel. But I wish I was saved. And through this church and all its people, we will take this gospel that others may be saved. Lord, I just pray your blessing over this offering now in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Quite amazing, all the churches we traveled in, all the places we ate, all the homes we ate in, and we never really got sick. We, we walked in God's healing. A little bit of stomach adjustment. It was Bill who said, keep your toilet paper in the fridge overnight. Not us. We wouldn't speak like that. But, you know, we really, if you think of eating in several different homes and you don't know where the food, the water, the stuff's come, you know, and you're eating and you come home fairly healthy, that's, that's a miracle. It's like the, the pastor in the, the, the prayer line. The guys came up for prayer and, and, he, and he asked the first guy in front of him, he said, what are you here for? He said, uh, my hearing. He said, okay, in Jesus' name, he put his spat on his finger, stuck in the guy's ears, prayed, prayed, stood back and said, how's your hearing feeling now? The guy said, no, it's only this coming Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so it's good to actually find out what people are up for prayer for. No, but we really did. We, we walked in healing. We uh, had privilege in that area. Um, okay, let's turn to Acts chapter. Turn to the book of Acts, please, in your Bibles. And uh, let's turn to... X 29 in your Bibles. Um, as soon as you're there, just say amen so we can all read together. Amen. X 29. Praise the Lord. X 20. Everyone there? We're going to be reading from verse 1 in a moment. Lord, I pray for increase in our Bibles this morning. I pray that a new chapter would be added to the life of this church. You see, my friends, if you never heard Acts 29 this morning, then you maybe came to church late, or your, your wood's all wet, or the baby next to you is making a noise, but we kind of got it well into Acts 29 this morning. Amen? It's one of the books that doesn't end like the others do with a, a, a final parting greeting, you know, amen, brothers, in the name of the Lord, you know, thank you, salutations, greetings. It kind of, you know, Paul's just preaching the kingdom of God and he's, what is, and the last, uh, verse of, of the previous chapter, says, for two whole years Paul stayed in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him boldly and without hindrance, preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Full stop. Or comma. I think we put the full stop in. I think it's comma. And chapter 29 is being written as we speak. We heard this morning that a team was sent, 
Amen? From this church, it says in Romans chapter 10, you can really turn there, trust me, there is a verse here. And it says in chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Say, will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So verse 14 then sets a stage and says, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? You'll be surprised how many people still not believed. And how shall they believe in the one in whom they've not heard. Believe me, there's a lot of people still who haven't heard. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Punjab province, 98% Sikh Muslim, 1.5% Christian. Verse 15, and how can they preach unless they are sent? You are part of ascending as a church. We're not of the top, you know, some bought the mic, some were called, some were sent, some bought a microphone and went. This wasn't just waking up one morning after having too much pizza the night before and think, let me go on my map and see. No, this was prayed through, this was relationship, this was apostolic sense of God working through, through people, elders praying, church praying church partnering, laying hands on. That, that's called sent. And this is what happened throughout the book of Acts. You go and read. You'll see that people are sent. Secondly, the gospel was preached. This is the part that I get very excited about. Because we're not preaching a new gospel. We're just trying to correctly divide the gospel. We're just not getting mixed up with the Judaistic influence of performance, reward, blessing, and cursing. And we're trying to get more into the Abrahamic covenant of faith and justification as our basis to being a blessing to all nations. What a wonderful message we've got. The sick were prayed for. Thirdly, you see, if you go right back to the book of Acts, chapter 1, you see that the church did nothing until they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we see then the gospel was preached in chapter 22. And then we see in chapter 3, the power of God came. It wasn't even like this man at the temple gate had to go to a meeting where they had a faith convention or a healing crusade. He was just sitting there minding his own business. Peter and John were going up to pray and a miracle happened. And then periodically through, as you follow the tracks of the early church being birthed and commissioned and growing, you see, we should stay hungry for the power of God. And we shouldn't drop our expectation according to our experience. Sometimes things happen and we don't understand and our hearts go out to family. We gave you our condolences this morning, Mark, money, didn't we? But, you know, that, that she, Grace reached a great old age in Royston. 
I love to you guys at this time. But you know, she reached a, a wonderful age and she is promoted beyond her wildest imagination. See, this is the joy of the gospel we preach. If we don't get totally healed in this life, our eternal life has already begun. It's not going to start, start one day when, we, when the Lord comes back. It started right now. If any man is in Christ or woman, he's a new creation. Our eternal life has begun. We're not going to bring our belief down to our experience. We're going to keep believing and praying. And Jesus said, these signs will follow my word. I heard this week of, there's going to be someone in the church in a few weeks' time that was prayed here who um, had, had a leg, was in a wheelchair, and one leg completely unusable and in steel brace, a brace to hold it together, has been completely healed before and after x-rays. The screw's been taken out and the specialists don't have a clue how it happened. Now, I don't know what happens to someone doesn't happen to others. But I'm not bringing my faith down to my experience. Chapter 29 is still being written. Amen? We're going to still go out and preach this word with signs following. We're going to still bring the sick and anoint them and believe that the prayer of faith is going to make them better. We're going to still see handkerchiefs taken to the sick and the shadows of believers in the last days because the glory of the last house is going to be greater than the glory of the first house. I believe it. The poor heard the good news preached to them. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus stood up and he took off the, the, the role of Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for he's called, anointed me to preach the good news. You see, this is the gospel, my friend. It's the good news. And that good news is preached to the poor. Even the poor receive the good news. This good news isn't just for those with healthy bank balances. This good news is not just for the first world of which, let me, let me just remind you about a reality check here this morning. Our average standard of living is in the top 5% of the whole world. Because South America, India and China constitute, and Africa constitute the most of the world population. If you drove to church this morning, had a hot bath, able to stop at a fast food on the way home, KFC preferably, preferably. get a Illy cappuccino, then you're in that top five. Now that top five stretched out. I mean, the guys at the top of the top five are really, all the rest are in this like big bubble called 95%. So I understand that. But I'm saying all that to say, the poor need the good news as much as the middle class. Amen? Demons manifested. In Acts 10, 38, it says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. There's a clash of kingdoms right now. As we're praying, Lord, your kingdom come. I want to tell you that just because we live in a first world, you don't get first world demons. I think they're a lot more subdued we got tablets for them in first world context. But when you go into a third world context, the night Bill was preaching at an evangelistic crusade, the Friday night, and this, this manifesto, I've ne I don't know if I've ever heard anything like this. 
I mean, I've heard the odd shout and scream and, 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 you know, and I live with the emails of the 30 that resigned that week because they were made to feel uncomfortable and this is not, you know, what they were expecting. Not really, I'm just saying, saying the way our Western mind thinks. If there's noise around me, I'm uncomfortable. In, 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 in this X culture, the Bible says daily with shrieks the demons were coming out. People were following them, shouting, these are the priests of the Most High God and disrupting meetings and, and they were being flogged and stoned and it was raucous. I mean, they didn't have comfortable, you know, air-conditioned, quiet, everything decent and in-order meetings. This was raucous stuff. And demons were manifesting. I mean, that, that demon that manifested that night, uh, and it went on for hours off. This wasn't just a quick little squeal will do you. I mean, this was, this was something that her face changed. X29 is still being written. People are receiving the word. In Acts, it's, it speaks about, and they received the word. And Paul and Barnabas went down to the church, and they received the word. And they, they they went throughout the place. There's, there was a, there's a reception. People are hungry for the word. And as, as we sent, as we preach the gospel, as people hear, as, as the demons are made uncomfortable and people receive the word, the church is edified and strengthened. Let's have a quick look at Acts. There's a verse in chapter 14 of Acts from verse 21. Let's just turn there. If you're wondering what the sermon's about this morning, I'm just reminding you that Acts 29 is being written. Right now, it's being written. As we take this message, as we do what he's told us to do. You see, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's just read here. Verse 14. Verse 21. I'll be good. 14 verse 21. They preached the good news in the city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain truth to the faith. Um, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in the ch each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they put their trust. But just that verse 22, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them. You see, when we keep doing what God has called the church to do, other churches benefit. This church was responsible for dozens of other churches being strengthened and encouraged. That wasn't the job of one or two people who went on a trip. That was as a result of a church. You see, for all this talk that we're in, and we're going to keep talking about dreaming again in 2010. I just want to push the pause button here and say there's two aspects of that. There's the individual dreams as we're fulfilling our purpose and destiny that keep us alive, keep us excited, that we need to press into, that we need to uh, dust off, that we need to uh, persevere in. But, but then there's, there's the dream that Jesus has got. And what we're talking about over here is X29, is his dream. This is the dream of the church that he bought with his own blood. This is the dream that he has for a church of people committed to his dream. 
This is not a this is not a contest between is this one person's dream or in your individual dream? Is it you getting behind a man's dream or a man getting behind all, everyone's dreams? Now, this is about his dream and all of us getting behind his dream while we're having our own dreams in pursuit of his purpose in our own personal lives. But the bigger purpose is that his kingdom is being extended and we are teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. Comma. Sending teams, gospel preached, sick being prayed for, the poor hearing the good news, demons manifesting, people receiving the gospel, churches edified and strengthened. We still believe in the ministry of the local church. Next one was the provision of the Lord. We see in Philippians 4 when he speaks about their partnership with him in the gospel. And I've shared some testimony around God's provision. Churches being planted. As they went, communities were, developed, were getting around the gospel and then elders were set in place. You see, churches were established when elders were set in place. Many people ask me, what is a church? That's a gathering of people who heard the gospel, believed the gospel, and then set eldership in place. That's in relationship with the Ephesians 4 body of Christ. Church, the next one, churches were planted. I mean, I was so thrilled on the way back, on the airport, on the way home, getting a phone call. Bill says, a new church is starting in Ludiana. They've got a facility. They're starting their meetings. A group of people. You see, I think where we had it wrong in NCMR, and I include all of us that were part of that, was the emphasis on planting churches took over the emphasis of preaching the gospel. You see, when you're preaching the gospel and people are getting saved and a body and a family of believers get together and understand that, that covenant, com- devoting themselves to the word and to breaking the bread and prayer, in that community, as, as God raises up leadership, that's church planting. But nowhere in the Bible do you see people saying, we're going to go plant a church. You just see people going to preach the gospel. Amen? We're called to go and preach the gospel, not to go plant churches. The fact that churches get birthed out of it, uh, wonderful. And, and thank God for all the godly wisdom we got over the last 10 years in terms of local church and wineskin. But you know, the gospel is the wine. And the wine makes its own root. And the wine needs a new wineskin from time to time. The wine is the gospel. We've got to preach the gospel. Churches will be planted. Gifts operate. Apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher... But then all the gifts of the Spirit in operation. This is part of Acts 29. I'm glad 120 years ago, some people got really hungry and desperate for more of the Holy Spirit. And we saw the breaking in, by the, the, what we call the Pentecostal movement, which later touched the, the mainline denominational churches in the 50s, 60s, became known as the charismatic movement. Thank God for that. But you know, and then they spoke about the third wave. I don't know about this wave or that wave or the other wave. I, I just know we, we, if God's blessing, we must stay where he's blessing, get into the river and keep flowing. The moment we become established and say, well, I know all I need to know now about how the Holy Spirit works and we stand still, we're in trouble. Amen? That's why I'm so excited about this language that, that Gavin Swanepoel used about praying for the businessmen. And releasing that gift into the community. 
I think for too long we limited the gifts around what happens in a church service. For too long we limited the Ephesians gifts to what happens around churches. And I'm so glad to hear we, we're releasing and, and laying hands and, and anointing those who can become teachers of new products and prophets seeing the future and getting there before it happens and apostles in business who break open new markets and see things that others don't see and wonderful when those two work hand in hand like kings and priests working together for the formation of the kingdom of God on earth. So I'm excited for what Gav shared. And I love him, so I really know his heart. And, and it gives hope to a lot of people who thought the only way that could mean anything to God was to be in the full-time ministry. And Gavin found after years of being in the full-time ministry, he was actually called to the marketplace. And you know, that's a good time, that's a good place to be. If you're in your call, that's a good place to be. But I'm not speaking down on those who feel called to a full-time ministry in these areas, in terms of being sent, preaching the gospel in a more on the front line. And the last point here is that doors are open for future ministry. This is why church exists. As doors open, I believe there are going to be some others from our midst that over this year and, and going into the future where the dream of God is starting to take root. I, I don't know, how many of you are starting to your mind starting to open a new canvas and you're starting to see a few bits of color come onto that blank canvas that we started the year with. Anybody? Anybody starting to feel, oh, that's wonderful. That, that's something of a picture. Maybe it's not finished complete yet. And, and, and we're still gonna talk into, into some of that because I believe together with this living in freedom of the gospel is to become everything God called us to be. I believe those work together. But I believe there's people sitting here this morning that know they have an Ephesians 4 gifting on their life, either as a pastor or a teacher or a prophet or an evangelist or apostolic in the full-time ministry of the church that are also sitting here and we're not going to neglect you. And this morning I want to pray for those people. This morning I want something of this to grip hearts. All of our hearts. This should grip all of our hearts. But some people know that this is what they call to more specifically. And I want to pray for those people here this morning. Amen. Chapter 29. So if you've got a blank space after 29, it got left like that on purpose. And maybe you can write some of these things down. And say it's carrying on. This was one of the shortest sermons it ever took me to prepare. I mean, how long does it take to write that down? But let me remind you, it took two weeks. Let's stand together. If you're standing here this morning and... I wonder, Catherine, can you guys come up? We've got few minutes we're going to just have one last song before we minister to people and then we'll we'll close the service but i want to ask you if you st if you're here this morning and you know i'm that you called into the the ephesians gifting i want you just to come right out now just come and stand in front here and we're going to pray for you we're going to pray that dream that whatever stage of formation it is 
is going to be increased. So come right now to the front. If that's a knocking on your door, as we prayed for those into business last week, praying for those with a full-time call of God for ministry. Oh, Lord. Isn't this fantastic, church? I'm telling you. That when God has called people to this ministry, as Billy Graham said, the advice he gives anybody who feels called to the full-time ministry is resist it for as long as you can. Because when it comes, you better know that's what God called you to. But eventually it gets to a stage where you can't resist it. And it's bigger than you. I wonder if we can just reach out our hands to these folk here. And can I ask some of the other elders just to come and stand with me? And we want to pray, Father, you see the blank canvas in every one of these lives up front here. And you see the stirrings of, of that calling to be involved in these things we spoke about. Not just as the behind the scenes, but as the, in the front row. Can we ask Holy Spirit for just a fresh anointing right now? The oil, the oil, the lubrication on that on that paint, the lubrication, where the, where the paint has got stiff and starchy, that the lubrication of the oil into that paint right now, that will cause the brush to flow smoothly and flow graciously on these canvases of these lives that are saying, God, I know you've called me. I can't resist it anymore. I can't say it. It's just me or, or if it's you, I don't know, but it's so strong, it burns inside me. I know there's more. There's more. There's more. And we are passionate and hungry to say, God, where you guide, you provide, you open the doors, you show us the way. Lord, can we just pray for the, can we just reach out our hands and our Spirit of God, would you come this morning with a fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh anointing. Lord, in this area of ministry, a fresh anointing, Lord. Fresh anointing. Oh, the lubricate of your Spirit. Oh, Spirit of God, thank you, Lord that release, for that, that joy, 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 rivers, rivers of joy, rivers of joy, rivers of joy, rivers of joy, rivers of joy. Oh, thank you, Lord. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Thank you, Father. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. You brought me.